Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Aloha. We have another fabulous interview for you. This time with world-renowned musician, psychonaut, and spiritual evolution enthusiast, Miss Kat Pierce. Kat's first 80-card tarot deck, The Wandering Star Tarot, is available now. And we think you're going to love this conversation with her. Welcome, Kat Pierce. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be with you girls. Awesome. So uh, you have a brand new deck. It's called the Wandering Star Tarot. Mm -hmm. I love it. And we have lots of questions. But our first question is, just tell us a little bit more about the Wandering Star Tarot. Why the name? Um, You're an amazing musician and artist. And now you've done this tarot deck. So share. Thank you. Um, I started creating this deck about eight years ago. Um, I did not work diligently on it for years because I was primarily focused on music and I would kind of just create a card here and there. And I wasn't really sure that it was a project that would ever um, come to life. I think I kind of, um, I'm not generally known for finishing big projects. (laughs) So yeah, it took me a while, but but the last couple of years I got more serious about it. And during lockdown, um, I, I was able to finish the deck and I got pregnant. And so that just gave me time to just like go into this creative mode and just totally focus on it. And um, that's how it came to be. But I, I named it the Wandering Star because when I was creating the first card, which was the star card for me, that was the first one I, I drew, um, I was listening to a playlist and Portishead's Wandering Star came on and I was just like, oh my God, if I ever do finish this deck, I'm going to name it the Wandering Star Tarot. (laughs) That's wonderful to hear. And and I'd love to hear about some of your roots in tarot. Like what what brought you to the cards and uh, using them? And and you mentioned in your guidebook, uh, which is a lovely introduction to the deck, you you know, that it helped you solve some questions when you were a little lost or or needed clarity. So what was your first start and your first spark uh, that came from Tarot? My first spark, my, um, my good friend gave me a deck, the mother piece deck. And I loved it. And I, I just thought the, the art was so beautiful and sweet. And I liked, um, I liked how like loving the messages were and uplifting. And I would just kind of, you know, use it for play. And I, and I would sometimes do like little readings for my friends. And so I kind of started to get more interested in it. And then, um, and then I, I got the wild unknown deck and I started a practice of just drawing a few cards every morning. And I was in a marriage at the time. And I kept getting these cards that were saying, you know, this I see like this is often drawn with like a woman who's divorced or childless. And I just kept drawing those cards over and over. 
And to the point where one day I like threw them away from me. I was like, no, what is going on? I'm in a, I'm in a relationship. What's happening? And then shortly after that, that relationship kind of fell apart. And I was like, wow, that really like tapped into, I was kind of in denial about some of the issues within the relationship and the cards were able to kind of get underneath that in a really, um, in a way I couldn't deny so I started to take it a little more seriously at that point. And then, and I was kind of developing my deck at the same time. Um, and I just saw it as this, as this really interesting tool to kind of point you towards what's going on with you, even if you don't want to look at it directly. <laughs> right, absolutely. And um, you've got some big music fans here in the podcast that we're, we're trying to stay calm here, but uh <laughs> But I, I'm uh, as a you know someone who loves to play at music uh, as well as tarot. I'm just curious: is there any relationship between music, lyric writing, uh, and some of the energy from tarot or doing tarot readings that um, you've seen a relationship there at all? I'm curious. Well, I think you know all of these things are tools to connect either with yourself or with other people. And, you know, I felt that when I was, when I was writing the, the guidebook, I was like, this is an opportunity to really speak to people and, you know, uplift them hopefully and connect with them. And I feel the same way about our music. You know, when we're, when we are writing songs, you know, you start out and it's just for you. And then you put it out there as this offering to people and when people do connect with it and you, you know, you have that, that sync, it's, it's kind of an amazing feeling, you know, so I, there's definitely a connection just with, you know, all of these things are tools to, to reach out or to reach in. Right. Right. Absolutely. I did go through your um, album list. I'm not, I have a radio show here on Maui. Thursday yeah. mornings and I've played the pierces plenty of times before and I do tarot playing playlists cool. every like six weeks and so I was like I was digging through your songs I'm like is there one that is like spot on for a specific tarot and I found a couple but I wasn't sure but would there be a song that you feel was either influenced you know on the front end when you're doing it or as you listen to it later you're like oh that's that well, we, we, you mean connected to tarot that it's yeah. connected well, to the, the situational part of the tarot, you know, like, okay. Um, well, I have two answers for that. I, we have a new song that's coming out where I specifically mentioned a tarot card. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, it's just super mystical, the song and it's, you know, there's some like astrology references and tarot references. Um, I wish I maybe I'll send it to you guys, but um, <laughs> early release. Um, but with like the situational stuff, sometimes we find my sister and I both we find that we'll write a song, and it's somewhat prophetic for some for things going on in our lives. You know, mm -hmm. like I'll write kind of like a a sad song, and I'm like, why am I writing a sad song? I'm in a pr pretty good place, and then. It, something kind of unfolds the same thing it's like it gets underneath this it gets into the subconscious the same mm -hmm. way the um, tarot can writing a song can kind of get underneath what you think is going on in your life 
<laughs> so there's been many times where we've written songs and we're like, wow, that was talking about that. <laughs> right. then, then you're like, okay, I'm writing the song. Do I want to write this song right now? Because it might happen. <laughs> it might happen. I know. I'm the same way with like, artwork. Write songs about winning the lottery. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, for me, I was looking up uh, It's Hard to Be a Woman video, and I just love that video. I was just mesmerized watching it. And and then I noticed as I was going through the cards, just so many strong feminine figures just looking right out at the viewer. And and so I'm thinking about your song and I'm thinking about the cards, how they how they present and how you want to be reaching out to your audience through them. And I'm wondering, it, and I know there's some men in there too, but um, <laughs> I'm wondering how would you love for your cards to help women in particular? Um, I think the way card, tarot cards have helped me is tapping into my intuition. I think a lot of times human beings in general, but especially women, get it kind of gets dictated to you on how you should be or present yourself or how you should feel what you should say like i think that you know throughout history has been a little more intense towards women so i think um just encouraging people to tap into their intuition tap into what they feel remember what you like not what you know the person you're interested in likes or your family likes like to really tap in to your wants and desires and needs just by taking a moment each day to go inward using cards using meditation just taking time to get back to the original you mm, i love that and tarot is such a gift in that regard and um and julianne you you, you gave the um the cards a little test run right you, you brought a little question and uh <laughs> we're, we're doing this oh, new thing yeah. we're like, do, do the cards work you know we're, we're gonna try them out each each new deck that comes out and uh what, what do you say julianne it's well it's like the old joke of someone going into a medical metaphysical bookstore going do you have any tarot cards at work because these don't work you know, that kind of some don't work for some people <laughs> for some people for yeah. sure it might not be the cards it might be the you know relationship to the cards right, right, right. everyone has their favorite decks and certain things like that so Sundari, you're so funny i just did a really quick one i was like well the best question to ask is you know how is this you know what what should we do what what is the nature of this conversation that we're about to have um, and it was all perfect they were all wands they were like go 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 positive communications it was all, it was all excellent. And, um, it was a quick reading and fortuitous. Um, and I really liked just the way the characters, uh, are looking back at you. Mm. There is, there's no, um, For yeah, <laughs> there's no prevarication around like, like, you know, I, I, I'm not here for you. It's like, no, no, no. I am facing you straight on. And I really noticed that with even the cards that don't have humans on them, they've got animals in them. Um, mm -hmm. One might be facing forward and the other one to the side, but it's definitely a deck that draws you into relationship with the image um, in a very particular way. And they feel like, I mean, there's just the time and the like, the working on that, the intuition part of it is part of the card, 
because it reminds me of the drawings that I would do um, that I have done recently and in the past of just creating something and filling in with color. And there's, there's mm -hmm. definitely a, you can feel that artistry happening in the card. And it's, it's like, as we all know, it quickly becomes a meditation yeah. as we complete an image. It might start out abstract, but then we get into the flow of that. And I, I really appreciate it for that. Are you making a deck? I'm not making a deck. I draw, like, don't tempt me. Um, no, no, no. I, no. I think I've done like four watercolors over the, what, 10 years we've been doing or five. You know, I was never happy with them. My, my artistry is kind of going in different directions right now. But um, there are the blank tarot decks where you can actually just make your own and quickly do that. So yeah, I, I thought about making a deck like that. Um, that would be really fun to have like a one you that make it more interactive for people. Yeah, Absolutely. and I think it's a great recommendation for our audience, like to to draw your own version of, you know, maybe the whole deck is, I mean, that's quite a feat. And but doing just the major arcana, which I did back in getting my master's degree was a class project, you know, in psychology. Oh, cool. It was so rewarding. I was like, I could make the great father archetype my father. That was pretty cool. I don't have to use this deck on anyone else. It could be just for me. And I, I think that that's a, a really fun activity, right? To, oh, yeah. to be like, you know, if what is temperance to me? You know, what does that look like? And and can I draw that? So I, I just love what you've done here. And um, and you've you've played with the the number of the cards right there, there's these two additional cards in the deck and i'd love to talk about those so uh, traditionally there's 78 right and um you have 80 cards in the deck so you have these these special two forces that come forth the the mother star mm -hmm. and uh who has a little yes underneath her, her and then we have uh the creator who has a little no underneath her uh, so i'd love to hear about these these two additional cards and how they came to you and and what you use them for okay uh well i wanted to have a yes and no card just because a lot of times people have yes or no questions that they want answered so i thought that'd be like a nice little additional tool to have in the deck um, and a lot of people think like, oh, yes is positive and no is negative. And mm. oftentimes I'm like, no, the no is a positive no. It's like learn to say no. And mm -hmm. the yes can sometimes be negative. It can be like you're saying yes to too much. So it doesn't have to be like yes is good and no is bad. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. But yeah, I just wanted to add like two more powerful kind of uh, woman figures to it. I mean, I don't know. It's mostly women, but you can't have too many. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I wanted the I wanted the mother star to be kind of like um just about a well-lived life, like a full life um and experience. And I wanted the creator card to be kind of a more of an action one, you know, like you need a how to take how to take control of your life, how to kind of regain your power, that kind of thing. Right, absolutely, and and both of them have sort of cat-like creatures in them, and and you know your your name is Cat Pierce, uh, so um, tell us about the cats in there, and, and and you didn't overwhelm. It's not a cat tarot deck at all by any means. You you, you don't you don't abuse the cats here, but um, but there are cats present. So tell us about wh what that means to you in these two very powerful cards. 
Um, well, I've always loved animals and growing up, I specifically loved cats. And now I've kind of shifted into being a dog person too. <laughs> but, um, I just always thought cats were so magical. You know, they're so independent. They're so graceful. They're sexy. They're cool. And there's, I find there's a lot to learn from them. They, you know, they just kind of, they don't, you know, care what other people think. They do their own thing. Um, they are, they totally like allow themselves to be served. <laughs> um, and a friend of mine recently, she said, I was kind of complaining because I, I, I have these like bursts of energy and then like very like low periods where I kind of need tons of rest, don't do much. And I kind of, sometimes I beat myself up when I'm in the low period and she's like, no, 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 you're like the lion. You, you need a rest, you need to lay in the sun. And then when it's time, you hunt and you go and you've got the energy. And I was like, that's, it made me just look at my, my process in a whole new way instead of, you know, kind of looking at it in the American way. Like you have to work all the time constantly. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to learn from cats and that's why I put a, quite a few of them in the deck. I love them so much. And, and I'm just going to share this quick little story. Halloween just came and went and I couldn't believe it, but at my house, a black cat just showed up on Halloween. Oh, wow. And it was, you know, usually, I mean, there's a lot of neighborhood cats and there's the ones that we see all the time and they're all tomcats. And then on Halloween and Halloween only to this day, a black female cat just shows up and she's so sweet and charming and like loves her. She didn't want to be picked up. She knew her boundaries. She knew how to say no in her own cat-like way, but she was there. And then after Halloween, never saw her again. It was, it was like yeah. amazing magic. Woman. Wow, cats. And and I'm that's so funny. I think we traded places because I, you know, I was always a dog person. Mm-hmm. And then all these magical cats came into my life. And, I, and I've learned it, there's totally so much to be learned from them all the time. When you find the right, when the right cat comes into your life, it can make you a cat person. And same with dogs. <laughs> My fiance, he was like, I don't like cats. They're evil. And then we went to go visit my younger sister and she has this magical little kitten. And he was like cuddled up with her on the couch. And he was like, maybe we should get a cat. Oh my goodness. I love it. And and Julianne has a cat who hasn't visited yet the podcast. We're lucky. Don't call that in because she'll be like. (laughs) Oh my God. I have a dog who's if she wakes up, she's going to come down and start growling at me because she doesn't like when my focus is on on something else. Her, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. We're typically there's a lot of cat butt in the zooms. Yeah, She'll just come and turn around and put her butt up. To the she's like that <laughs> animal. Um, but I love. I just want to say about the creator and the mother star. They're the physical aspect of each character, including the cats. Like the creator, like you said, a no can be good. A no could be protecting you and saying, no, 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 this isn't right for you. You might think it is, Mm -hmm. but she's got an eye on something else that's going on. But also the, the arm, the way the cat is sitting on her arm and the way that she has got this confidence of, you know, it's like, listen, no, you're getting your no. And it's, it's for a good reason. You just have to trust. 
Yeah. Like, there's no explanation. There's no, here's a cookie. It's just like, you're going to have to trust. Yeah. And the aspects of the creativity and the rainbow and the background and the halo all say that. Um, and then the creator, there's a lot more happening in it. It's like, there is a, a fruition happening in that one where the other one is like, it will, but you're going to have to wait. And I think yeah. that gets through really, really quickly. You have all these beautiful halos around your characters. It feels like there's little saint cards. Like I was raised Catholic. So I'm like, these look like little saint cards to me. Oh, I, I grew up in um, Alabama. And so I grew up Christian as everyone in Alabama does <laughs> pretty much the Bible belt. And I've since moved out of that, out of, you know, organized religion, but I, used to love the images of saints and, you know, angels with the halos. I just always was drawn to the halo. And I, I do some fine art as well. And I'll, I paint a lot of women and I'm always like, okay, don't do a halo on this one. Just do <laughs> off the halo. And then sure enough, I'm like, it needs a halo. <laughs> hey, that's, that's your mark. I love it. I love it so much. Um, but I, I just feel to be responsible, um, archetypal tarot podcast hosts, we should return to the yes and no just for a minute, because I had an experience as a, as a very, very young person where, and I was just, had just picked up my first deck of tarot cards. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I asked a major like love decision question to the cards and I allowed it to dictate my choice. Right. And, and I just want to say that um, it's, it's great to ask, you know, what, what is the, what are the, what could be the different kinds of yeses here and what could be the different kinds of no's and, and to always make sure you're making, you know, this is your choice, right. Your, your empowered choice and, and you're never allowing, um, you know, based off your question, the cards would tell you exactly what to do. Right. So, um, I think that's important, right? Yes. And that's why I, I think I say something about that in the guidebook. Like I'm if, sure you do. if you get an outcome that you don't like, pull another card, like, <laughs> because it's about, it's about getting to the right feeling. It's not about the cards telling you this is your future. It's about, right does what the card says here, there's the kitty, <laughs> does what the cards say resonate with me? And if it does, then you're, you know, you're tapping into your intuition. So if you get right. a yes and you know, it's a no, then that's your answer. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. If you're like, no, I wanted a no. Well, then that's your answer. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like flipping a coin. And then once you, it says the other thing, you're like, well, I really did want the other thing. Yeah. So <laughs> You're like, well, at least flipping the coin helped me figure that out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, I think it's a guide, um, but ultimately, you are your best guide. And, right. and if you get a card that doesn't feel right, pull another card. <laughs> it's about gathering more information and working yeah. through it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where tarot is a, it's an exploration of your shadow. Because mm -hmm. what if... If you keep getting, you know, the messages are very similar and they're, they, they hit that little no part of you, like, oh, I don't like that. Well, ask yourself why, like what that is poking at the shadow underneath. And the shadow isn't always like a bad thing. The shadow is like, you're great. Keep going. Like mm -hmm. the shadow is the gold, but it's also the stuff that we are denying about ourselves that are maybe 
hurtful to ourselves and others. Right. I'm, I'm all about digging out and digging into the shadow and <laughs> finding what's there. Yeah, there's good stuff there too. I think just mm-hmm. the term shadow itself is um, kind of misleading, even in the Jungian way, because mm-hmm. frequently there is stuff that we are, the good things that we are not seeing about ourselves, as well as the things that have been hurtful or that the way that we react to a pain transmits it to other people instead of transforms it for our own good. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, the tarot can definitely have uh, a great effect of bringing that to light. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't run your life, but it can help you understand things if you're open to it. Yes. You're just looking for confirmation of what you want to do, then you're just wasting your time. Basically, that's my take on it. Right. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's, it seems like your music has also approached cultural shadow issues. Um, war, warlords uh, are some of your themes. And uh, mm. I watched the video with, with the Donald Trump and the, <laughs> it was so fascinating and so funny, it made me laugh. But um, <laughs> if I didn't cry, I was laughing. But um, uh, can, uh, this is a big question, but can Tarot, be used as a, a cultural shadow work as well. So we're we're not only looking into our personal questions and making decisions, but but can we ask bigger questions and and help ourselves work through um, and and see things into the larger culture? Mm. I mean, I kind of feel like it depends on the vibration that you're in. You know what I mean? Like there are times when I do a spread, and it just doesn't resonate. And I'm not getting anything from it. And there are times when I'm kind of tapped in or in the flow and I pull and it's like giving me answers. So I think if you are in the flow or if you're in the collective consciousness and you want to, you know, get some bigger answers, you've got to get yourself into that vibration and then the cards can be your guide. Right. Is there special ways you like to prepare yourself to get into that flow, whether it's with your art, your card making or music? What what helps you get find your flow? Um, it helps me to get out of my head and into my body. Um, deep breathing helps. Warm baths help like anything to get me kind of out of the monkey mind. Um, and then you can be more of an open vessel to get into the flow. Um, but yeah, I started doing this thing called, um, central channel breathing. Dr. Sue Mortar, I think wrote a book called, what is her book called? Anyway, she has a book. Dr. Sue Mortar has a book. It might be called central. What is it called? I should look it up. (laughs) Anyway, she has this method called, um, central channel breathing where you, um, there's a yogic name for it too. It's where you kind of, you breathe like you're, like you're fogging up a glass and, but you keep your mouth closed. And so it's, I think it's also called ocean breathing. Yeah, ocean breathing, yeah. Yeah. So I do that and I imagine my breath kind of going back through my body and kind of flushing out all the debris of everything you don't want in there. And it was kind of life-changing for me. Like if I was having anxiety or, you know, too much in my head, I would just do that kind of quickly and it really reset my nervous system. Like it kind of mm-hmm. changed how it like kind of bumped me up in a mature, like <laughs> matured me a little bit. Like it's like, <laughs> I love that. It's like airing out a fine wine. It's maturing it. Right. Yes. Yeah, there we go. 
love it. You need to breathe. Yeah, you gotta let it breathe. You're decanting your spirit. You just gotta yeah. have to decant this a little bit. Yes, decant the spirit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the breath is so important. Mm-hmm. I think anything we can do to regulate, get back into the body, get to the center of us. Mm-hmm. And like you said, out of out of that part that can connect us to we're just more receptive to what's yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. We have less resistance to all the other things that can come in and make us neurotic, you know, I'm speaking for myself, gets that way. <laughs> you don't know what gets you in the flow though. Sometimes you're just in it. And sometimes yeah. <laughs> the flow yeah. chooses you. The flow is like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing Cat Pierce now. This is me. I'm the flow and I'm, I'm maybe, doing this. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe flow. Imagine <laughs> I think the flow does choose you, but you can make yourself more available to it choosing you by opening. Yes, that's what it is. Yep. And hundred percent. And so speaking of flow, you, you also have created your own spread in here that I I really like the, the wandering star spread. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's uh, the, the central card is kind of goes in a a halo shape with a little center but it has the the heart right there in the center and it helps you get to the heart of the matter yeah uh the second card sort of like two o'clock the the shadow back to the shadow blind spot preventing momentum we go to three the light the best course of action to reach a desired outcome and four, you, you hit on the wound, a core wound that may block intuition. Uh, and n- number five is the sway and external influence that needs evaluating. Six, the guide and unexpected guide for your journey. And seven, the outcome, the outcome for your highest good. And uh, I just love, you know, and, and when I realized that you could create your own spreads, that was like a whole new world to throw, right? You didn't have to just open a book and do whatever the the most ancient tarot reader was doing. You could you could have a creative involvement in making your own spreads. So, you know, what led you to this spread and, and how did you create this one? What led me to that spread is I wanted a spread that was more in depth than a three card pull but less time consuming than the Celtic cross. <laughs> so I thought that that was kind of a happy medium. And I wanted to kind of, you know, touch on all like the major aspects of like a situation, you know, the heart of it, what can throw you off course and what can, you know, influence you, what can, you know, the childhood wounds and then like, you know, the positive outcome or hopefully positive outcome. Um, Yeah. So I just, I, it was more about just like something that was kind of a little more in depth than a three card pull and, and less, yeah, less big. And sometimes a, you know, a, you know, a 12 card spread or whatever can be draining. I find. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I've created um, more of an Oracle deck with uh, images of billion year old stones. And um, I find that those have have such an impact that they're I, I can't do more than about four cards with those because I feel like they they have so much archetypal energy or or things where you know I want to go as a storyteller that's my 
the approach I love uh, that, you know, to, to tell one with the Celtic cross doing that would just, would, would totally overwhelm me. So I, I appreciate that happy medium. Yeah. It's really nice. <laughs> Little child. I'm all about happy mediums. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I love it. Oh, and speaking of the child, there's, there's so many um, youthful characters in your tarot deck. Are they, um, are they like gods and goddesses that are eternal or how, how do you see these presences in in your deck are they um tell us more about that i mean i like the idea of gods and goddesses that's not what i was thinking but maybe <laughs> the creator i think of is she's i mean such a goddess yeah. she's actually kind of like i'm i can't really tell if she's male or female like i feel like she's just she just is you know um but yeah, what do I, how do I think of them? I think I just, I think of them as kind of like elevated beings, you know, like they're just, they've got wisdom to share. They've got beauty. They've, you know, they've, they've, they've lived, but they still look great. <laughs> I'm like, what's their secret? Because uh, they're looking good. They're looking really good. Right. <laughs> And um, I love your high priestess, by the way. She's she's just one of my favorites. And and we've been guilty of we 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 pick a card at the beginning of the year every year and discuss it, you know, for the what it could mean for the year. And uh, I think we picked the high priestess more than once, right, Julianne? Like a couple times. She came through in 2018, and I think 2019. And yeah, it's, a like, draw. <laughs> it's a random draw. We do a random random draw. Wow. Of the major arcana, and she came through twice in a row. And yeah. I think then we got the strength card in 2020. And we're like, oh, what could that mean? Because <laughs> we'll, we'll need it. You're going to need it. <laughs> yeah. But the high priestess yeah. is really dear to our hearts. And this is a, a, an exceptionally beautiful high priestess card. I just love Thank it so you. much. The high priestess is my favorite card. And I knew as soon as I drew her, I was like, she's the cover girl for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think most most of the new decks lately have all had the high priestess on the cover. I've noticed that. that recently. Yeah, Chris Sands. Chris Sands has the high priest high priestess. Yeah, it it's, makes sense. Yeah, she's the gatekeeper. She holds the wisdom. She's also the best marketer. You know, she's got all of those things covered. <laughs> yeah, and the mistress. She's don't they call her the mistress of the subconscious. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So, you know, that's what the, the tarot is about, you know, delving into the subconscious. And so she's the, she's the lady of the moment. And it's feminine reverence. And I think reverence almost feels antiquated. Mm. I think, I think reverence is important mm -hmm. um, to revere something in yourself, in others. That's like this, like elemental deep respect that is present that the high priestess is a part of. I like that. Yeah, bring reverence back. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I think we rebel, like rebelling is really important and healthy in a lot of ways, but it, it can be so strong. And the, the, the rebel doesn't have a lot of reverence. They're fiery. Right. Um, but then to come back to revere something or someone is to have that like deep, deep respect. It's um, mature. And I think Yeah, like the rebel is youthful. And they've got to prove themselves. And then if you can come back and revere someone else, it yeah. shows some maturity, I think. And yeah, have reverence for your journey. You mm -hmm. know, all of it, all the pieces. I love that this is a really, it's an inclusive deck and that like, you know, it's not just about all the happy things, all of those difficult, the wounds are, the wounds are windows through 
to our greatest, you know, uh, standing in the world and what we want, we can't just not be wounded and we can't not work with those. Um, I also noticed that you don't do reversals. So like, nope, no reversals. Those are done. (laughs) So tell us, tell us more about that. Okay. Um, I always found reversals a bit confusing and a bit just kind of like, I don't know. I, I think I just, I like, I like to look at the cards face up, you know, that's how I connect with them the most. Mm-hmm. So just kind of seemed like wonky to me. I, I don't know. Some people like them. And I said, you know, if you want to use reversals, go online, find reverse meanings or make up, you know, make up your own. <clears throat> but for me, I'm like, the card is drawn the way it's drawn. Look at it, right. Look at it right up. And it, that's what it means. That's for me. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, the, to me, that's the way they're drawn too. I mean, they very much have an upright, upright feel to them. I remember we interviewed um, a woman who wrote a book on using tarot, uh, working with your ancestors in the tarot. Mm-hmm. And she had this, she's very, the way she writes is very funny. Yeah. She's like talking to your auntie. It's awesome. Um, and she said, oh, I don't do reversals unless I do. <laughs> like, right. Okay. Right. That's that's the high priestess right there. You can do whatever you want. But I, I think it's because I'm a triple Virgo. And so I just like to put things in their place. <laughs> so if they're upside down, it just feels wrong. I'm like, no. <laughs> okay, now that that totally makes sense. That's the best. And it, yeah, I mean, especially when you when you start with the mother piece, and I believe the mother piece doesn't have reversals either. They're yeah. round. Right. So. Around. That might be why that may have stuck with me because that was my first deck. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's right. And and uh, working with stone imagery too. It's like, are you the stone is like, are you really going to tell me what's right up and what's upside down right now? So you, you have a you have an oracle deck that's based on stones. Is that what you said? Yeah. So my my father found um, imagery in the desert when he was looking for uh stones that had art in them for during the 70s for craft shows and jewelry and um ended up spending 30 years of his life you know working with the stone and finding naturally occurring imagery in the minerals of the rock cool and so um when he passed i the i inherited this collection right and um and that I just found that all the archetypes were there. You know, I, I was able to pinpoint, you know, the major arcana in them and and mm-hmm. find guides. And um, and yeah, similarly, I mean, technically you can turn, uh, to me, they all have a right side up and a upside down, but um, you could technically turn them around and see different things, sort of like a Rorschach in them, right? So I, I love them because they really do draw on that, that intuition we were talking about of, you know, what, what's inside of you and what needs to be pulled out to be looked at and and the things in the world are are collaborating with us in this dance of okay here's the world here's our deep inner knowing and they're they're coming together as we perceive and and make sense of the world around us and for me cards are the perfect way to do that right um so uh and 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 for me the act of imagination part you know being able to dialogue with these characters, they, they do need to be right side up. You know, I, I want to look at their face and have a conversation. And if I feel like if they're upside down, we can't really talk, you know, <laughs> so, <Right. Yeah. laughs> unless it's the hanged man or something. I don't right. Know. I was going to say the hanged man. <laughs> like, How are you doing? Right. Um, 
So um, anyway, we're so delighted that you could join us on our podcast today. And uh, we have reverence for you and for this deck that you've put into the world. Um, and I, I wonder if it'll be the start of something. Do you think there'll be more tarot artwork for you or it's going to find other avenues? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm kind of developing an Oracle deck in my head right now. My brother-in-law told me about this um, form of prayer called Visio Divina, I believe it's called, where you connect with a piece of art or, or like a character in a piece of art. And you look in deep into the eyes of the of the painting, and you let yourself be seen. Mm. By them. And so I really liked that idea. Uh, you were saying earlier that um, you connected with the with the characters in this deck, and I kind of want to bump that up a notch. Like I think I'm going to focus mostly on the faces, give them very big eyes. Mm. And so each card you pull, you can have a little meditation with that character and hopefully get a message. I mean, I'll make a guidebook with messages. But yeah, it's just um, connecting with the images and making that the meditation. So I'm kind of developing that in my in my head right now. That'll be the next project. Oh, beautiful coming face to face. And um, you know, the, the, the memory or information that keeps coming up as I hear you talk during this podcast is, um, it was actually Carl Jung that brought therapy face to face. If I, I think I have that information right, but you know, it used to be you know laying on the couch and you know, which is pretty cool too. I like the couch thing too; it's relaxing. Yeah. It's kind of like a cat, you know, you can go into your imagination. But but Carl Jung was the first therapist to kind of bring his clients up and and see them face to face. And I think a lot of people have found a lot of healing in that witnessing um, of of being seen and and being able to tell your story and be heard and there's a face there looking at you and um it's kind of neat that you're exploring that in the the realm of tarot that you can still have those archetypal unconscious images but um they're looking at you and they're they're here they're here for you and your stories so how nice exactly that, that's exactly what i want i love i love hearing that and as you guys are talking about this um, early on, we, we kind of rebooted our podcast when the pandemic hit basically. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, you know, it's, it's so fresh. It's so new. Things were getting really crazy. And something that Sandera and I were like, what is going to come out of this? Like, what are the things? Because, you know, throughout Sandera and I, our conversations, you look at what's happening in the world as what's happening in the collective unconscious and what's bubbling up through it. And so this pandemic and what it required us all to be, be at home, we talked a lot about like, we're really curious of what is going to come up and come through this time mm. as it's so difficult. We have a plague basically happening. And I was like, I can't wait to see what comes out of it. But at the time it was like, ah! no one could think about creativity. We're all just gobsmacked. <laughs> so um, what I've seen like now and what you just pointed out um, the work that we're doing because we weren't allowed to be face to face with people. We were doing this in a zoom and trying to connect um, mm-hmm. the Visio Divina practice that you mentioned. Also I'm finding more and more people. I was raised Catholic. So that's like a heritage thing for me. Mm-hmm. They're dialoguing with saints. They're doing work um, in their own way with these ancient beings that are archetypes in my opinion. Um, and doing their work 
that way and having that relationship um, in a like non-religious way. I mean, people have witch practices with saints Mm -hmm. or with archetypes. Mm -hmm. So I think because we have been separated um, from each other physically and we've had to create this dialogue, something's bubbling up from it, including beautiful tarot decks and music and all the things that I think just now are starting to come out into the world. It's Mm -hmm. fascinating to see how we've reconnected to ancient things Mm -hmm. um, through this. So it was, I'm not going to even call it a bright side. I'm just saying it's like a necessary thing that came through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is coming through that. I I avoid being the bright side kind of person, even though I am kind of like positive, but the bright side just seems like candy. Like we don't need candy. (laughs) We need these like, this is, well, we do need candy from time to time. But uh, I, you know, what I'm trying to say is like, that is a, it's an old thing coming back through that Mm -hmm. all over the world, we're all kind of doing it. It is bubbling up through us. That's awesome. Greater connections. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have happened. I honestly don't think it could have happened without this. I think you're right. We needed a little, a little um, time out. (laughs) (laughs) A time out and a time in. (laughs) About what you've done, people. (laughs) But, but also we can connect, you know, it's that, okay, what can I do with what I have? And spirit is a lot. Soul and spirit are kind of bringing us back to that. And we can do that from anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate you've created a gorgeous tool for, for doing um, just that. And it just, it feels like it is a part of this, this greater whole. So mahalo for that. Thank you so much. This is great. You, I mean, it's, it feels so good to hear that people do connect with it because you know, when you create something, you hope when you put it out there that it touches people the way you've been touched by, you know, I've been touched by different tarot decks and different uh, people's works. And it's just really touching to hear that, um, that people like it. <laughs> Yay. Well, you've got the archetypal tarot podcast stamp. It works. And- <laughs> yeah. We'll work on a logo. Right. Yeah. It's going to be like a seal. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Uh, So thank you so much for coming and speaking with us and sharing this with the world. It's been a true pleasure. Thank you. We'll see you on the Instagram for sure. Sounds good. All right, darling. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. We know you could have done something else with the last, I don't know, 48 minutes of your life. But we're always so glad when you spend it with us. Connect with Kat on Instagram. Her handle is I am Cat Dog. On Facebook at Cat Pierce Music. And on YouTube, The Pierces. And stay in touch with us. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Tarot Podcast. And you can send us an email at tarotpodcast at gmail.com. This episode is sponsored by Free Range Priestess on Etsy, where you will find unconventional rosaries, quirky prayer beads, tarot jewelry, and more. FreeRangePriestess.com or just search for Free Range Priestess on Etsy. And big, huge, ginormous thanks to our patrons, Peter, Joro, Janet, Richard, Juniper, and Rash of Stay Woke Tarot. We appreciate our patrons and their support 
so, so much. And you can find out about the fabulous benefits of being one of our patrons at tiny.cc slash tarotpodcast. As ever, this podcast is produced by Both and Media, and our theme music is by The Lunar Group. Until next time, ahoy ho.